John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings there, lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The word of the Lord. <laughs> Everybody, happy Easter. Uh, so I just want to note the first preacher of all time after the risen Lord was a woman. Woo, come on now. Come on, church. Some of you are like, wow, that was an interesting way to start an Easter sermon. Uh, But I am going to ask you a question that I think uh, most preachers all around the world will ask their congregations uh, on Easter Sunday morning, and that is this. Have you ever played hide-and-seek with a child under the age of five? Anybody? How does that go? Like, so they go hide, and then you count to, you know, five or six or so, and then you go look for them. But you don't really go look for them. You really more listen for them, don't you? Because there they are in the bathroom, giggling with their hands peeking out like this, you know? And you're like, I'm walking by the bathroom, Oh, they're certainly not in the bathroom. And then they burst out of the bathroom and say, yes, I am. Here I am. And you're like, oh, my goodness. I couldn't believe it was you. You were hiding in the bathroom this whole time. And the joy on their face, right? So we'll get back to that in a second. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, So good Genesis people, this is an all-play question. If you're new 
to Genesis. All plays are designed to hear your voice, not just mine. So this is an actual question. What happens on the first day of the week while it's still dark? <laughs> Hopefully nothing. Hopefully people are, seed, are, are, are sleeping. <laughs> oh. oh, that is sweet. Thank you, Isaac. I know. In the Bible, in the beginning, what happens on the first day of the week while it's still dark? Mary Magdalene came and someone said it. God created the whole cosmos. While it was still dark on the first day of the week, while the earth hadn't even been existed yet, but the universe as it was, was a big soup of nothingness, tohu vavohu. God speaks a word and God says, let there be light. Now we know that the sun was created on day four, so the light of day one is not the sun. So what is the light of day one? That's an all play question. Say it again. Him, God? (laughs) Thank you, Isaac. God is the light of day one. Any other ideas? Any other thoughts, comments? What about if the light of day one is just possibility? Fertility. Generativity. The light of day one allows everything else that will be created to burst forth. And in this scripture that Katie read on Easter Sunday, in this second beginning, we read, there's another first day of the week, and it's still dark as well, and God speaks a different word into the darkness. So Mary Magdalene shows up on the scene. She's my favorite disciple. Uh, And it it says in a different gospel that she came bearing some uh, spices and some anointing oil, she came to anoint the body. Now, Jesus had died and had been placed in a tomb, and the stone had been rolled over the entrance, right? So my question for Mary is, how do you think you're getting to that body? I don't think she really cared. She left her cell phone at home, didn't even bring her keys, one shoe on, one shoe off. She was off to go anoint the body. And when she got there, the stone had been rolled away and she peeked in and there was no one there. So she ran back to tell the boys. Simon Peter and John raced, we read, literally to the tomb. And then John apparently won, which is noted in the gospel that John himself wrote, which is a little interesting. And there's a lot of discussion on who goes in first and who believes and who doesn't. And then there's just a lot of discussion about linen and how it's folded, and what it is, and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, they're basically like, well, all right, he's not here. So Simon, Peter, and John do what? They leave. They go home. They make a sandwich. They have breakfast. Nice uh, showing for the fellas, really. And Mary stands there, though, weeping outside of the tomb. Now, I have a question. Um, Have you ever wondered, like, where Jesus was this whole time? In the garden? Like, <laughs> thank you. Have you ever wondered? I mean, he's, he had been risen, and he probably was in the garden area. So, like, was he hiding? 
behind a bush, going like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, John, Peter, what are you guys doing? But Mary. So uh, Mary stands there weeping. And uh, Mary looks back in the tomb, we read, right? And so she's weeping. She's lost her best friend and her savior. And she looks back in the tomb one more time as if to be like, he's gotta be in there. And she sees two angels. Now, everywhere else in the scriptures, when people encounter angels, the response is utter fear. And the angel usually says, fear not, right? But this is why I love Mary Magdalene. She's not afraid. She just interrogates them. Hey, I'm looking for the body of Jesus. I'm looking for people who maybe have taken them. Basically, have, have you taken them? And then while she's doing that, and I, I don't know if she's like her head is just peeking into the tomb or she's crept into the tomb, but this is when Jesus apparently walks away from the bush. And this is how I picture it. And he hears her talking to the angels, and then he, he's like, he's just waiting for her to turn around. And then she turns around, and there he is. And I, I just imagine him like. <laughs> and then she's like, hey, have you seen Jesus? <laughs> and then all of heaven is like, classic. Human beings have never figured out where God is when God shows up. Ever. Mary Magdalene supposes he's the gardener. Interesting. Not a bad guess. Thanks, Joe. She's not entirely wrong. Where is the garden? Was there ever another garden where creation burst forth and where there was a man and a woman? On the first day, the heavens and the earth were created. On the sixth day, human beings were created. And then they were placed in the garden to tend it. And here is Jesus, maybe with dirt under his fingers still from his experience in the tomb. And he asks her a question. Why are you weeping? And who are you looking for? So in the first garden, in the first beginning, Adam and Eve sinned, and then they went into hiding. And then we read in the scriptures that God asks them where they are. First question that God poses to human beings in the scriptures is, where are you? In the second beginning, it's God who goes into hiding in the tomb. And it's Mary who's going around asking everybody she can find, where he is. At the second beginning, the word of creation that is spoken is not let there be light, it's a single name, Mary. In the first beginning, it's this universal, cosmic explosion of creation. In the second new beginning, it's Jesus staring into the eyes of Mary and saying her name. And at that moment, she recognizes that it's actually Jesus, which raises all kinds of questions. Why didn't she recognize him right away? Like he was Jesus, 
raised from the dead, but somehow he was different. He was the same, but somehow different. And she only could recognize him when he said her name. To me, that's powerful. The God of this creation who became a human being and lived a life without sin, died for us, rose again, and speaks our name. So the name Mary, sorry babe, comes from the Hebrew word mara, which means rebellion. (laughs) Which is awesome if your name is Mary. But we read in John, in this passage that Katie just read that rebellion turned and faced Jesus. And Jesus came out of the bathroom and said, here I am. The startling, amazing good news of Easter Sunday is that no one is excluded from that encounter. So I was driving down to church this morning, down 494, and no kidding, this black old Ford Focus passes me on the right. So I look, and I look over, and this dude is driving this old black Ford Focus. He's, no kidding, he's got a Richard Simmons uh, headband on, He's got all kinds of stuff in his car. Like he's one of those guys that the passenger seat is filled with stuff, the back seat is filled with stuff, and his his window is down, and he's reading this like training manual with his left hand steering, uh, or left hand on the steering wheel, right hand on the on the manual, and in his between his two fingers is a cigarette, and it is it is six thirty a.m., and I laughed a, a, a bark of joy when I thought about Ford Focus guy. And I thought, there, and, and this, I know this is so cheesy, but let it be cheesy. There's a guy who God knows his name, loves this guy, loves the headband, doesn't love the reading while driving, but. <laughs> and then a minute later, passing me on the left, apparently I was going really slow, passing me on the left, a black Bentley. Now, I'm not sure how much Bentleys cost, but I'm relatively certain it's bigger than the budget, our annual budget for our church. And this thought hit me. Whoever owns that Bentley, not wearing a Richard Simmons headband, (laughs) is known by God and loved by God. That name is known. I don't know either one of these names, but God does. Easter Sunday arrives for each of us in whatever situation we find ourselves. Easter Sunday arrives for rebels who never quite got it right. It arrives for people assumed to be prostitutes like Mary Magdalene. It arrives for mothers who yell at their children. It arrives for fathers who drink too much. It arrives for addicts and promise breakers. It arrives for soccer moms with long lists and filthy minivans. (laughs) It arrives for single women who wonder what's wrong with them. It arrives for prodigal sons even before they realize they're eating out of the pig trough. 
It arrives for firstborn children who feel the strangling need to get everything right. It arrives for gay and straight, left and right, shut in and left out. There is not a single human being on this planet that Easter does not arrive for. And that is the startling good news of Jesus of Nazareth who died and rose again. And I don't know how that all works. I honestly don't. What I do know is there was a God that loved God's people so much that God came to earth as a human being and died. But death couldn't hold him. He rose again, and he did so so he could burst out of that little bathroom and say (laughs) our names. And I think there comes a time in every one of our lives, more than once, where in a moment we weren't really expecting it, we weren't even looking, we come face to face with this Jesus who calls our name. And all we have to do is say, yes, it's me. It's me. Amen. He is risen, church. He is risen, church. He is risen, He is risen, church. We're going to go into 60 seconds of silence like we always do, after which time we'll, we'll pray a prayer together, and then Steph will lead us into the Eucharist. So come, Holy Spirit, speak to us now.